0: hey have you heard about anchor you probably haven't heard about anchor yet so let me tell you about it anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast you probably hear other people talk about how they make podcasts if they say it's easy they're crazy all of their methods are really hard and complicated but anchor super simple first off it's free they have creation tools that let you make the podcast right from your phone you don't even need a computer this is 2019 who uses computers anymore? Anchor distributes your podcast on all the other platforms. No need to go do all that complicated searching and hosting and posting. Hosting and posting. They do it for you. You can also make money from your podcast. Well, I mean, that's what I'm doing right now, because you're listening to this ad. They've got everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. No need to search around all over the place. No need to go to 20 different sites. Just one. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Bet you thought I was going to sing right here, didn't you?
1: Looking for the hottest news out of the obstacle racing scene? Want to stay up to date on the freshest info, the latest podiums, and hear interviews with the who's who in OCR? Well you've come to the wrong place. Well, some of that you'll
2: find here. But we're not the media. This is not ORM, OCM,
1: OCRM, ORCM. This is OCR Talk. Hey guys, this is Anna Landry
2: and Jason Dupree
1: and we are OCR Talk.
2: (laughs) One, two, three. It's not easy, is it?
1: No, it's not. Hey
2: everybody, you are listening to OCR Talk. This is episode number 12. We've got some cool, exciting news to uh, give out. We have the down low on the battle race that's coming up in Louisiana Coming in, what, two weeks now?
1: Two, three weeks. Two and a half. It's creeping up.
2: Yeah. And we got tons of info about, we got the map ahead of time, and we've got info on what all the obstacles are, and we're going to talk about all that stuff, and it's going to be super exciting.
1: And all this just transpired <laughs> today.
2: <laughs> Literally like an hour ago. <laughs> so lots to absorb. We've got a few things to go over first. So, how's it been? We haven't done an episode since before the stadium Stadium race, right? Stadium
1: race, yeah. Man, that stadium race was rough. (laughs) What did Mm -hmm. you think of it? It was longer than last year. It was definitely longer than last year.
2: I was very, very sore after the next couple days.
1: I didn't feel it until, not the day after, it, but then the the Monday. (laughs) Yeah. Because we ended up driving back to Louisiana that Saturday night. We got in a pretty good workout on Sunday. And then Monday, my legs were just completely trashed. (laughs) Like the delayed onset muscle soreness was real.
2: (laughs) Yeah, definitely was for me too. Yeah, I didn't necessarily, like it didn't necessarily feel crazy long to me. But it definitely, those stairs, you know, I pushed. So those stairs beat the hell out of me. And it was a good course. I enjoyed it. I definitely enjoyed like going outside and doing the barbed wire crawl.
0: Yeah, that That was was cool.
2: That was a neat. It's funny because it's so simple. Like we have a barbed wire crawl in every other race, but you never see that at stadium. Right. And so we actually got to go through a little dirt and grass. So it was cool.
1: And I rolled through that thing. I was so dizzy. (laughs) I was dizzy. And then right after it was a spear throw. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was high. So I crawled all the way. I actually crawled and passed up. I was running kind of side by side with Brandon Null for a while and passed him, you know, not by much, but I was I'd say I was faster than him through the barbed bar wire crawl, even though he was rolling. But it, like I said, it was just so high. Mm-hmm. It was easy to crawl through.
1: Yeah, there definitely was a lot more stairs than last year. It, the course was a little bit longer. It didn't. You're right. It didn't feel longer, but there were a lot more stairs.
2: I wouldn't be surprised if people just think that because, you know, you forget all the bad parts of <laughs> <laughs> each race. Right.
1: <laughs> true, true. I mean, I liked the assault bikes at the end. That was cool.
2: It was interesting. And if I was in a competition and they had treadmills, I, obviously, if I was watching that, I'd say the same thing I said before. But shoot, never mind. If we were running, I wouldn't <laughs> want to do it on treadmills, even if it was in an obstacle race.
1: <laughs> no treadmill <laughs> Cross, yeah, no CrossFit treadmill. can
2: eat crap <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was different i mean it's because it was I've never been on an assault bike before I've always seen it I've always seen it written into workouts and I've just i've never been on an assault bike as a workout or anything like that before so it was it was kind of different.
2: Yeah, and it was cool how it blew the air in your face while you're oh, <laughs> while you was riding. amazing.
1: <laughs> That's so amazing.
2: But I did like it being at the end because it's like just push till you get done and you're done. Right. Instead of being like push hard and then you get to die for the rest of the, the race.
1: Well, make sure you push the start button and then push <laughs> because it took me about six seconds. And then I was like, oh, crap, I forgot to push start.
2: <laughs> I, you know, watching the live stream afterwards because i didn't pay for it on that flojo site or whatever it was called <laughs> watching the live stream later it looked like robert Gillian didn't push it right away either like he tried and then he pushed it again
1: yeah because i actually caught it on the live feed on the live feed on facebook after mm-hmm. the fact
2: that's what, that's what i'm talking about i didn't yeah. pay for the whatever <laughs> that site what what the heck was that why were they trying to get people to pay beyond me for a live stream they're going to show right after
1: that was exactly what I was thinking.
2: It's not like you could even say pay a couple bucks for this live stream for this one event. Instead, it was you had to get a annual membership to a that site
1: pass or something. Yeah. yeah, and it wasn't. It didn't look like now. I don't know because, like you, I didn't pay for it, so I don't yeah. know if there was any like exclusive content that they showed for the paid version. But I really doubt it
2: right and if it was if it wasn't any different than the live feed that showed up on Facebook, then that's a shame because they did a good job, but you know those people with the uh handhelds the rabbits running around they still mm-hmm. weren't it weren't it wasn't they missed a lot of stuff you know they would right. show one person, but then you would be looking off at the stairs or the wall or something yeah. for a moment as I said before toughest i i paid a couple bucks to watch their championship at, back in 2016, and that was cool. A couple dollars, who cares? But twelve, thirteen dollars to subscribe to that thing—that was—that was pretty stupid.
1: Yeah, I—I th- I feel like they were just kind of testing that out and seeing how it—it it tested in the market, I guess. See who would pay for it. But if they were going to do that, I think they should have started that like at the beginning of the stadium series whenever the seasons first started.
2: True. That way you would say, oh, I get this race and these other races for this price.
1: Correct. Because they didn't, I don't think they really even did Facebook feeds for all the stadium series races. I could be wrong.
2: I don't think so. I feel like I would have watched them if they had them.
1: Right. And I think that that would have added more value had they came come out with that subscription service. Sure. You know, at the beginning of the season. So, mm-hmm. my two cents.
2: Well, speaking of the live footage, the super that had just happened in Chicago. Yeah. They had, it. it actually reminded me a lot more of the toughest live streams because there was a lot of drone footage. And that mm-hmm. was the majority of it. Even though they had the guys running around, the rabbits, mm-hmm. but their feeds seemed like they kept, it was blurry or something was wrong with it and they would go to it and they would switch back. Like they didn't stay on that for a long time. Cause I don't know, maybe there was just a kink they were trying to work out.
1: Yeah. And I think Yancy had posted something after the fact about it. Um, because I know there was a lot of people that complained about, the quality of the footage and how it was being, how it was a lot of drone footage and everything. Yeah. And he said, you know, it's just for the simple fact that these guys that are trying to run with the elites and keep up with them and get all this camera footage. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're having to run through the same conditions (laughs) and, and, and video at the same time and make sure they get footage and, you know, all this other stuff and they're not even racing, you know, so they're, they're having to do that. In Seattle as well, I think, but I don't think they had the drones on that live feed, so I don't think. I think that's why we didn't get a lot of drone footage on Seattle. Okay. I mean, it makes sense because like these guys are having to trudge through that mud, and it was like really nasty conditions.
2: Yeah, that makes sense, and and I I mean I definitely would never say that those guys weren't working hard because they were running their tails off. Oh yeah. But if if Spartan can get the drone footage you know the mixture of the drone footage right. and the, the running around footage down then it's going to be great like when they get this down it's going to be super awesome i think but it seems it does seem like they're still working out a lot of kinks
1: yeah for sure and i mean the nature of the beast is that these are outdoor races in whatever kind of conditions we can run in you know we're just kind of given what what we get as far as that goes so i mean it's just kind of the nature of the beast, I guess, because you, you sacrifice some kind of some quality because, you know, you have these people that are trying to catch, you know, the live race and really good aspects of it. But then at the same time, like you don't want some guy bouncing around in the back of a truck and like the cameras bouncing around and everything like that. And you right. know, you're know you making all your, making all your viewers dizzy and car sick or whatever. It's, something i think everybody's trying to figure out as far as covering their races
2: you, you know you have you seen those little handheld camera things that it, it's almost like a motion stabilizer you ever seen the commercials for those or like ads online where it's a uh, it will actually focus on something and track and pan and it hmm. motion stabilized so as you're running i don't remember what those things are called but i'm sure other people have probably seen those around too they seem like great little little tools that you you know, you know put your camera on the end of, and it, I don't know if it works. I think it works with a phone, so I'm not really sure. Maybe hmm. that's why they can't use those. Might be but, something
1: to look into, though.
2: Right. Something like that that will stabilize the action while they're running would be super, I mean, it would be a game changer for what they're doing right now. Yeah. Because it almost looks like they're running around with a GoPro in their hand, you know?
1: Which is essentially what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs>
2: The drone footage, I wish they would just get a little lower. You know, it's super hard to tell who's who in that drone
0: footage.
1: Yeah. It was funny because if you heard Amelia and Kevin trying to figure out who was who <laughs> in the guys race, and they're like, I think right. I see Ryan Woods' bald head.
2: <laughs> no, I got to correct that. That was Ryan Kent. Sorry. You know, like they, yeah.
1: <laughs> Which, how you could... Re- Confuse Ryan Kent's man bun <laughs> and Ryan Woods' bald head. I don't know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, it seemed like they would confuse, like you know, one guy was shirtless, and then no, right. that's the guy with the shirt. I don't know.
1: <laughs> oh wait, that guy just has a whole bunch of mud on. No. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that that race, I mean, that race seemed crazy intense. I mean, Ryan Atkins came in what sixth,
1: sixth or seventh, and you never saw him or Killian ever nope, on the field, not at all. And it could have been. So much better. I think their coverage could have been so much better. And even Amelia and Kevin were kind of commenting to this that they covered a lot of the guys' race, but they didn't show a lot of the women's race, which it yeah. sounded like just from interviewing the women afterwards, it sounded like the women's race was so much more exciting than the guys' race. Because the hmm. guys' race, you had Ryan Woods out front and everything like that, and you know, it was pretty much the usual suspects out in front, but your top three Three or four guys had a pretty good cushion on the rest of the guys behind them. And it really didn't become exciting until the last little gauntlet of obstacles. Ryan Woods finished, and then they're waiting for Mark Battress, who is behind them, to finish. But then BJ Jones comes blazing in out of nowhere, and they're like, wait, where'd this guy come from? And he ends <laughs> up finishing second and puking right. across the finish line, and then Mark Battress finishes. <laughs> but the women's race, you had a lot of lead changes. You had Lindsay in the lead, you had Nicole kind of coming in on her heels and you had Rhea trying to catch up with all of them and hunting them, hunting them down and you had Alyssa Holly. And so there was a lot of back and forth between between a lot of them that we didn't see. That was kind of unfortunate, but what are you gonna do?
2: I, I definitely don't wanna feel like I'm complaining. I I want to, I think I've heard other people talk, say this and say that, you know, we quote complain, but it's really just because we care about the sport, right? And we're really just trying to point things out so they can get better, right? And that's all we hope for is that this gets better because we love watching it. I mean, yeah. I watched, I watched those blurry people running <laughs> around, and I watched the overhead drone footage, and was like, I don't know who that is, but I see them running. <laughs> that course, you know, as from as muddy as it was, it was it looked like it was through a paintball park. They had that one section where they went through like a castle, a castle. and like ran up yeah. it. Yeah, that was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it was like in a little equestrian form or something. And yeah, I don't know. That was like a a really random part of the course because you uh-huh. just ran through this castle and then like the rest of it was just a muddy, <laughs>
2: muddy mess. Yeah. Did you see the the? Did you notice the map that they showed on the live stream?
1: It was all red.
2: Yeah, what's up with that?
1: It was, Why was it red? I don't know. I, they just figured it was more visually appealing. I don't know.
2: <laughs> like, I can't think of in the entirety of my Spartan history uh, that any super map was shown with red lines. Yep. And that one was for some that weird was reason. Red.
1: And they misspelled Rhea's last name <laughs> at first. <laughs> did whenever, they really? Yeah, they did. I, I caught it. They misspelled her last name whenever they were they the women's elite wave had just taken off and i think lindsay was in first rayo was in second and maybe faye was in third or something like that i don't know mm-hmm. but they completely misspelled her last name <laughs> they spelled Damn. it like k o b l e or something like that
0: hmm.
1: <laughs> something yeah I'm but like, they fixed it later on um when she finished yeah <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, just uh yeah, just a little stuff like that.
2: Did you notice the volunteers sitting on the tires?
1: Yes. And Bill Brombach from Bro Media totally called them out on it too. Yeah. He was like, Look, even the volunteers are just sitting around on the on the tires. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like they're like, Oh, I hope one of the racers doesn't choose that tire to go to.
2: Which, yeah, for real. I would ask if you ever volunteer and it's muddy, don't sit on the tires because it's going to push it further into right. the mud.
1: And then whenever they were finally showing part of the women's race and they showed Lindsay coming into the tire flip and she, mm-hmm. and she tried uh, one of the first tires she tried, she pulled on it a couple of times and she was like, oh no. And the, immediately <laughs> the first thing that went through my head was, I wonder if that was a tire that the volunteers <laughs> were sitting on.
2: Man, when those tires are stuck in the mud, it it feels it feels impossible yeah. to get them out.
1: Yeah. I remember last year in Austin, whenever it was raining, I think it was during the sprint or something or no, maybe it was during the super because it it rained and the tires were in the mud, and that mud just sucks it down into the it it's like a suction cup and it just makes it that much heavier.
2: Right, it creates a vacuum and yeah. I I it makes me feel better seeing pros being like, nope, I'm skipping this because it's, yeah, it's about impossible.
1: One thing I wanted to ask you is if you saw Ryan Woods's burpees at the tire flip. I did. What'd you think about his burpees?
2: I didn't think anything out of the ordinary. Who was next to him? Um, Mark Battress. Mark, Mark Battress was yeah. next to him doing
1: burpees too. I don't know. Some of his burpees just didn't look like they were legit. Because it it just looked like it just looked like Mark Batches was getting down to the ground, like he he his chest was getting down to the ground lower.
2: Well, what's I mean, is there an official rule?
1: Yeah, it, is it's the... chest to ground because one of the Caterpie athletes that I talked to last week at at and T Stadium, and this is probably the only reason why I was I was even
0: <laughs> thought about like
1: it. nitpicking it, yeah, because she was <laughs> running in the women's elite heat. I mean, she wasn't like in the top three or whatever at that point in the race, but whenever she was doing burpees one of the volunteers called her out and said that she wasn't doing correct burpee form because she wasn't standing like straight up like whenever you go to stand up and jump like her body wasn't completely vertical and like perpendicular to the ground but like whenever you do a burp i mean and this is like (laughs) this is like the
2: this is the problem with burpees
1: this is like the age old like argument, you know, is like, what is exactly. the correct burpee for? Because, you know, whenever you're knocking out, you know, however many burpees and you stand up to to jump, like who isn't hunched over a little bit? Yeah. I'm just saying like who, I, I mean, like once you start getting tired and gassed, like even elites are kind of hunched over a little bit and not standing completely straight up or like they might be a little bent at their hip.
2: Well, even chest to ground. What exactly does that mean? Right. Do your, does your, the, the bottom part of your pecs have to touch the ground? Does your shoulders have to touch the ground? Do your hands? Your hands don't have to leave the ground. Right. You know, it's not a hand-release push-up. Right. So it's hard to say.
1: Yeah. And that was a, the other thing for the stadium race was a lot of the people that were doing the hand-release push-ups didn't think that some people were doing them right.
2: I honestly think a hand release push up is easier to judge than a, a burpee. Oh yeah, for sure. Because if your hands don't leave the ground, they don't leave. The, that's that's a, a very simple thing to to look at. Right. But a burpee, there's so many so many things that are happening that you have to check and say, is it exactly right? Yeah. No. I mean, if Joe Desena is going to look at the girl who did the burpee world record mm-hmm. and say that those don't count yeah. because, well, yeah, she didn't stand up, right. but how far is standing up if you're hunched over a little bit is that wrong I don't know I mean (laughs) (laughs)
1: exactly exactly I I was just I was like I said I was just nitpicking his form just because you know she kind of made a good point she was like you know if I was this person or this person on the Spartan elite team would I would I be would I be subject to that same kind of some people sometimes don't say anything to those to those people because you know I mean you assume they know what they're doing
2: well, one volunteer might be more strict than another as well.
1: So I was just, that's the only reason why I was i was looking and I was nitpicking.
2: <laughs> Joe DeSanta, yeah. we know you're listening. Come on, man. Yeah. This is the problem with burpees. He totally
1: listens to this podcast.
2: You want to be an Olympic sport, you can't have something that's so hard to
1: judge. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, that, and like he wasn't bending his elbows like whenever he was going down. So that's what, the only thing that made me think, like, is he going down? Like, is that, you know, is he...
2: I, I think his hips were touching the ground. Right. Like I know what you're saying. Like his shoulders weren't all the way down. Right.
1: Like he wasn't going into a push up.
2: Ryan Woods, what do you think, man? Let us know.
1: Drink a glass of wine and let us know.
2: <laughs> Please.
1: <laughs>
2: man, I love I love quoting that. That's the funniest thing. Man, if those guys, get me some wine.
1: It just makes him so much more relatable. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: they had the the plate drag that was through the cornrows. That was pretty cool. Oh
1: yeah. That was really cool.
2: like you. You literally pulled them through the corn, which knocked them. Down, you know those first guys knocked the corn down, yeah. and then they ran through the corn to get to pull it back, yeah. and then they ran around like they had a cutout spot to run around that. That was definitely a different way to set that up. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah,
1: instead of just the usual plate drag up or down a hill or whatever.
2: Now I did notice that the the live stream had at one point it at least had over two and a half thousand viewers.
1: Nice.
0: So
2: that's cool. I mean, there's a decent amount of people, not the kind of viewership that I think huge giant sponsors are looking for, but for a Facebook Live thing, yeah. Not bad so far.
1: Definitely not bad. Especially if if it's aired like first thing in the morning on a Saturday.
2: <laughs> yeah, well that worked out for us cuz it was Chicago exactly. so it was central time. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of live streams were going on. You had Spartan with their Chicago race. We had Tough Mudder had some, I don't know, maybe they had some boot camp stuff. I forget what they did.
1: Oh, their Mudder Nation stuff or something
2: like yeah. that. Yeah, some Mudder Nation thing happened. Conqueror Gauntlet had their team race on Sunday. Savage Race was, was live streaming, as they usually do. OCRM was at uh, Indian Mud Run, which uh, did you... I mean, I, personally, I was watching the, the Super, the Spartan Super. Yeah,
1: I I caught up on the Spartan Super, and then... Um, I watched the video from the CTG team team challenge, and then I just kind of caught highlights of the other two. (laughs) The
2: CTG team race looks super exciting. So I know I've heard this from other people, but anybody that hasn't done Conquer the Gauntlet, Benny, Benny Gifford on his Benny's Breakdown on OCRM was talking just today or yesterday about the team race. And he was talking about just team races in general. And then he started talking about how the Conqueror Gauntlet race was so much fun. Mm -hmm. Like their obstacles are so different when it comes to the team race than you're going to see anywhere. It's like puzzles and challenges that you really have to figure out and work together to, to get through. Yeah. You know, physical and mental stuff at the same time sometimes.
1: Yeah. Very, very team oriented. Obstacles, along with you know their usual obstacles, but yeah, he said it Mm -hmm. was it was probably one of the hardest races or race series that he's he's done.
2: Yeah, that was really cool of him to say. And I believe the only other team race for this year is in Tulsa, come August, I believe.
1: Yeah, he's going to be at that one. He he mentioned he's going to come back.
2: So you and I are racing as a team with Daniel Britt Mm -hmm. and Kevin Harkins. Mm -hmm. So that's. That's gonna be a blast. I right, there's no way we'll beat if Benny's on the same
1: team, there's no
2: way we'll beat them. <laughs> right. But but it should be a lot of fun.
1: But there were a few teams there were a few teams that, that kinda of came close to kinda of came close to their team. I know Team Valhalla was kinda of hanging in there with them and they ended up getting third.
2: I thought it was cool to see Benny at a Conqueror Gauntlet. I don't know for sure if he's ever done a Conqueror Gauntlet before. I I'd say maybe. But I know he's done a lot of terrain races, and,
1: and he was all about
2: Battle Frog mm-hmm. back when they were together. And Benny Gifford is—I would consider him a pro because he does this full time. He doesn't have a other job besides racing, as far as I know. And I so I thought it was cool to see him at that race because it's it's constant that we try to you know Miles Keller and Mo Boriset on Link Endurance. They always. Tell the pros that they interview when you're going to come do a Conqueror Gauntlet. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because Conqueror Gauntlet is such a great race. And, you know, we obviously talk about battle OCR a lot. Right. And they're smaller races. So I, I, the thing that interests me most about that was where are the pros when it comes to smaller races and why don't they go versus the ones that do? Mm-hmm. And it kind of started making me think about myself and... As I challenge myself more and as I do more races throughout, you know, over these years, I have kind of like picked up bigger races, but I, I step up my game each year. So whereas my first few years of racing, it was always just what's local. And then after that, it was I want to do the bigger races, but also these local races. Mm-hmm. And now it's just getting to where my time is, is more demanding. So to be able to say, well, all I've got time for is what's really worth it, right? You know, what's, what's worth it to me. Do I want to go do two small races a year? Or do I want to do two big giant races? Yeah. Now, I've got more time than two races, <laughs> but just as an example. <laughs> so like, if I'm going to choose five to 10 races through the year, instead of 20, I can't do these local ones. So it might end up being just uh world's toughest mudder and OCR championships. And you know, some of that stuff, as opposed to some of the smaller races, right? What I'm getting at is just that the pros, and, and you, I think you hear this especially from some of the Spartan team members when they get interviewed. I've heard them say it many times. I'm contracted to do this many races for Spartan. Mm-hmm. So if I've got a free weekend, I, I, I'm more than likely not spending it traveling to go do a Conquer to Gauntlet in Central America.
1: Yeah. And that's that,
2: and that's understandable. Yeah, that's
1: that's what my point was going to be is I think that's like the go to response for a lot of a lot of the Spartan pro team members or the elite team members. Because I've I mean I've heard Alyssa Holly say it a couple of times, but I know like she she has her own things going on too with her her dad and her business and trying to open up a gym and everything. So, you know, all that life is understandable, especially if this is what you're doing to try and make a living and you're trying to build your life around this. Yeah. You want to go out there and race, but then you also want to build your base at home, train for, for everything that you're doing. And it gets time consuming and being under the pressure to show up to these races for, for your sponsor and show up and perform well, you know, it takes a lot of training to, to get to that point and to get to that level. But then at the same time, is you know you you don't want to get tunnel vision as far as races go (laughs) you kind of want to branch out and see what other kind of challenges are out there because these local what's so good about these local races is that they might be smaller and they might not have the exposure that like spartan and tough mudder do but they have the community behind them and like almost that grassroots kind of feel to where you know, you have a lot of people involved in it and you have all these people coming up with different kinds of ideas that have maybe gone to different bigger OCR races and come back and say, hey, why don't we build an obstacle that does this? And we get to do this and this and this for the obstacle. And that's kind of, I mean, that's kind of what these little races are doing. Like with Battle OCR, I know Sid <laughs> makes a lot of his obstacles based on a lot of uh, a lot of the bigger bigger obstacles.
2: And I know we're, we're, we're doing a, a great transition here <laughs> <laughs> into what we're about to start talking about. But <laughs> before we get into that, I, I do, I think I want to say to the pros, first, I want to say, you know, when you can make it out to a, a smaller race, you make everybody's day. Like it's we hopefully we everybody understands that you can't always make it but when you do, man, you make our world. And to be part of that, you know, that family and that community and that smaller camaraderie that we get out of those lo- local races, you take that to the next level. Right. And something that we, I mean, we just love seeing you guys out there. So if you can come, give back to your local <laughs> community when you can. Right. And I, and I think I don't think that anybody's not doing that. And that's the other, the second thing I want to say to not the pros, but to everybody else, be understandable to not think that those pros are out there just saying, no, I don't care about that race. That's not, it's not their job to care about those (laughs) local races. Their job is to make money at at the big races. And, but some of them are, you know, we have a great community and, and a lot of them are very charitable and, you know, seeing Ryan and Lindsay and Hunter running at a Tough Mudder before they even started doing tougher. You know, that's the kind of stuff they do do it. Yeah. It's just, you may not see it. So don't jump to conclusions and think that they don't they're not supporting their local communities.
1: Right. So in that (laughs) there is pros. Yeah. So come
2: out to (laughs) Battle OCR because it is one of the toughest. Maybe you're not going to get the the most biggest payday ever because it is a small local community race, but you're going to get one of the toughest challenges you're going to get anywhere.
1: Well hopefully we'll see we'll see a big name there at Battle O C R.
2: Who do you think might be there?
1: I'm not confirming or denying it. (laughs) I'm not confirming or denying it, but I'm just saying, if you've ever seen Broken Skull or Spartan Ultimate Team Challenge or American Ninja Warrior, you may see, I don't know, maybe the King of Obstacles might show up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Who is the king of obstacles?
1: Mac Rush? Oh, you don't know him? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, no, he uh, he's on Team Caterpie, and um, he may or may not be there. We'll see.
2: You know, you, you we, we talked about this just before we started recording, and I uh, didn't recognize the name, but as soon as I looked at his Facebook page, I definitely recognized the face and have seen him before. So yeah. that, that'd be super awesome if he's there. And, you know, all this stuff we're talking about, if he came out and then, like, for whatever crazy reason Hunter decided to come, like how cool would it be for those dudes to just go head to head awesome. tear that stuff up?
1: <laughs> so yeah, you know, may or may not be there. Did you see Hunter's um Instagram post about hmm, what race should I do next? And I'm like, hey, why don't you yes. come out and do <laughs> why don't you come yep, out and, and do a little race in Louisiana called Paddle Race? <laughs> <Battle CR. laughs>
2: Yeah, like I said before, I don't think Hunter listens to this.
1: Probably not, but it's okay.
2: <laughs> well, Benny, you know, Benny's kind of doing the uh, the legwork for the, like he's getting the interviewees sometimes. Right. So I wonder, if maybe Benny listens more. Maybe Benny Gifford, I know I've met you in person and we've talked a couple of times. You were the person that pulled me into Battle Frog as my ambassador. So <laughs> if you're listening, tell Hunter that this is, one of the most challenging races he can possibly do. And both y'all come and it'll be awesome. We'll we'll, uh, pay for y'all's place to sleep. (laughs) Maybe even pay for your flight out if you can make it. And I'll personally personally buy your drinks at night. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) I don't know where. I mean, we're going to be out in the middle of nowhere.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You'd have to drive to Baton Rouge. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Shoot. Hunter would probably want to go down to New Orleans and party it up there. Heck
1: yeah. There you go.
2: Anyways, all right. So battle, <laughs> battle OCR is coming up in uh, like a week, two weeks, and two and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. About two and a half weeks, yeah. and we've got the map in front of us. And dun, dun, dun. as we've talked, as much as we've talked about this, I-, I-, I hope that people understand how ridiculous we feel like Sid is with putting these races together. <laughs> you know, I-, I didn't get to do battle race in twenty sixteen because of the. Uh, the floods that they had that ended up causing it to get rescheduled
0: mm-hmm.
2: and i'm wanting to say it got rescheduled to the same weekend as Stuff toughest mutter so my, my first time was the next year in twenty you know last year and the very first race had a bucket carry that might have it had to have been a half mile
1: was it the gulfport race
2: yes yes <laughs> do you remember how long that yeah, was
1: it was i think it was close to about half a mile of a bucket carry. That was
2: insane. That like, was
1: <laughs> the longest bucket carry of my life. And I think after that race, we went and ran Central Flor- Florida Spartan and that bucket carry. And I was like, this is nothing. <laughs> this is nothing. This is child's play compared to Sid's bucket carry.
0: <laughs> so
1: <laughs> keep that
2: in mind that whenever we talk about the obstacles, the map lists out 32 obstacles. And each one, he, he lists them out as they all have names and they're always hashtag something. So, yeah, I don't really know why. You know, r- the reason behind that.
1: Mm, just the, the overall theme of the race.
2: No. Why is it like hashtag uh, oh, hashtag? Because
1: those are those are like the hashtags that we use to like promote the race.
2: Sid likes being hip. Yeah. Okay. Alright, so so they they've got these names that still honestly don't stick with me. Like I hear one of the names, I'm like, what what the what was that yeah. again? <laughs> so we're gonna talk about the names, but most of these names don't consist of one thing. Like, for example, Conquer the Gauntlet has smooth criminal and it's a mixture of Quintuple Steps and Traverse Walls with with holds. And that's the way a lot of these things are in battle o c r is just like three to possibly ten different obstacles <laughs> in a row right that can <laughs> that make up one obstacle
1: yeah yeah, and it it looks like it's gonna be pretty obstacle heavy like around the festival area,
2: okay, how we got twelve obstacles that are not in the festival area now there are a couple by the festival area that go right into the woods, but they come right out, so right. it looks. Everything's super close, so 12 out of 32 are away from the festival area, and all the rest of them are... <laughs>
1: all the rest of them are, <laughs> are in or around the festival area.
2: <laughs> Which I don't think we've seen before at a battle race, but I, I guarantee that this is going to make for a good spectator race, oh, spectator-friendly yeah, race. definitely. You know, some people might say, oh man, there was a lot of running in between obstacle five and six, but... Who cares? Yeah. It's going to be really good for your <laughs> friend, family that come to watch you because they can't go hike out in the woods, go see you racing anyways. Right.
1: And I think just the nature of the area is pretty heavily wooded and just the terrain. It's it's just kind of hard to place obstacles out there, um, way out yeah. there on the course anyway.
2: Right. That's understandable.
1: But that's not really something that we've had in a Battle of Sierra is the terrain because St. Francisville is that area is not typical of everywhere else in Louisiana (laughs) because there's, it's infamous with um, that area is infamous with cyclists because of the rolling hills. And yeah, because of the rolling hills, they get in a lot of hill work, especially for cyclists. It's a lot of, it's a lot of that kind of terrain.
2: Cool. All three races last year were very flat. So this is, well, I'm sure it's not going to be like crazy elevation. It's like, it's not a mountain, but there are, it's not just, Flat, flat.
1: Right. Going to be some creek crossings. There's going to be some water crossings, some hills and some climbs. But yeah, it's not going to be like a mountainous climb.
2: Now this map I think is going to come out maybe possibly next week or something. So we're going to try and talk through some of this stuff. So whenever you do get a chance to see the map, you'll be able to look at the positioning and kind of understand a little bit more of what we're talking about. But there's definitely creek crossings that we've seen pictures of. And there is a, I'd say a pond Mm -hmm. crossing looks like from obstacle six to seven. Mm -hmm. And actually six is the, it's called breaking barriers and it's a bucket carry and it's right before the pond. Mm -hmm. It might go around the pond for all we know. It might go through the pond.
1: (laughs) It looks like it goes through the pond, but you never know.
2: (laughs) We've done a bucket carry into Lake Pontchartrain, (laughs) yeah.
1: (laughs) An out and back bucket carry. Yeah, that was probably Mm -hmm. a good like 100 meters.
2: It definitely wasn't as bad as the half mile bucket carry in Gulfport. (laughs) No, it
1: was probably an enjoyable bucket carry at that race because like it was, it cooled you off for one and it got all the sand off of you.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it was so hot and I would, you know, kind of just rest my bucket on my knee and just take, just let the water hit me and, you know, the waves splashing on you. Yeah,
1: (laughs) it was kind of nice. It was kind of nice. So I don't know what this bucket carry is going to be like if it goes (laughs) through or around the pond. It'll be interesting.
2: Let's talk about some of the crazy obstacles that Sid has for us. The fourth obstacle is a rig, and it's limitless rig 3.0. So every every time he does one of these races and he actually changes up the configuration, that I think that's when he gives it a new, you know, a new number. Yeah. Limitless is monkey bars, essentially. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it's uh, scaffolding piping, so it's thicker. You know, I think monkey bars at, uh, at Savage Race. But it, it's definitely always uh, multiple levels, you know, different heights for the bars. And then at one of the races, it had uh, hanging pipes that you had to traverse in the middle of it all. Sometimes it's a long pipe traverse. Sometimes it's monkey bars. I mean, there's all kinds of wacko ways <laughs> he can do it. So that's what that one is. It's a, a a very crazy monkey bar. Fourth fourth one in the race. Yeah. So fourth out school. So, that's, the so first, that's pretty cool.
1: First rig that you come to, relentless.
2: Sternum checkers that you have to jump from one to the next, like multiple levels. I I'm hoping that he's got some, you know, something underneath it because I've heard at some other races, somebody's podcast they were talking about. I think it was uh, Mike Stefano's podcast they were talking about. Green Beret challenge uh-huh. possibly. And they were saying that they were high like the last one was high enough that if you fall off of that, it I mean if you're eight foot up in the in the air and you fall on your back, that's a long way to fall. Yeah. You could really hurt yourself. So if there you know, at least if there's something underneath there, some some hay you know, a good amount of hay or a straw or uh wood chips or something. It might be over a creek for all we know.
1: Right. Over some water.
2: And then Breaking barriers, which is the bucket carry. That's through the, you know, through, around, underneath the pond. Who knows? (laughs) Underneath. (laughs) The kettle swing. The kettle swing is going to be basically you're doing like, I mean, you swing it however you want, but I see a lot of people in Gulfport, they were taking it and swinging it between their legs and kind of launching it out with two hands. So you basically, you got to swing the kettlebell past a certain area and then pull it back to you. Mm -hmm. So almost like a kind of think you know like a plate drag but the opposite like you have to throw it out and Mm. then pull it back yeah which is pretty cool and this one he said that you have to throw it over something like over a pole or something
1: yeah so if you miss you have to drag it back and keep trying and it's a brute force kettlebell so it's it's not just like your standard solid kettlebell it's this it's the Mm. sand it's a sand bell so which i mean there's still i have a couple of the 45 pound ones and it's like they're still pretty solid, but there's definitely some shifting sometimes that goes okay. on if you if you handle it a certain way. So you can handle it just like a regular kettlebell.
2: Uh, next up is Unbreakable, which is supposed to be Floating Z-Walls. You know, India Mud Run has those. They've had them at, of course, at their race, but they's all, they've also had them at the North American World Championships. Mm-hmm. And they've also had them at OCR World Championships this past year and those are those are a lot of fun i mean it's just shifting walls but this is supposed to be a a hanging z wall yeah so that'll change it up even more (laughs) so the first obstacles coming back into the festival area is going to be some uh, balance logs slack lines traverse slack line and a log carry slash sledge after that so you're going to, have to do a bunch of balance obstacles, and then you're going to carry a log, bring it to a spot, put it in a, like, trench or something, I don't know, and then take a sledgehammer and then smack it down yeah. to the end of the thing.
1: Kind of like they have at Conquer the Gauntlet, where they have mm-hmm. the, um, the little thing in the, the little thing in the thing, <laughs> where you have to hammer it down <laughs> to the end. <laughs> the little block.
2: But you got to bring the block there
1: first. <laughs> right. And then hammer it down. <laughs> Yeah, so you've got a lot of balance obstacles. One of them is going to be that balance obstacle with the balance logs. That kind of seesaw back and forth. So, guys, be careful on that one. Just saying.
2: After you know, still in in the festival, close to the festival area is the Force Five rig. Yes. So they've got all those crazy Force Five holds. Mm -hmm. So some of them are straight bars. Some of them are balls. Some of them are. a t-bar you Mm -hmm. know a lot of you never know what you're going to see out of that
1: he likes his rigs there's definitely going to be a lot of lottery
2: oh yeah and i like that it's not just here's a ring rig here's a i don't know it's not it's not all platinum rigs you know he's using scaffolding but each rig has a theme to it you got the monkey bar rig you got the a rope rig you Mm -hmm. got a force five rig so it it definitely changes it up and makes each one unique for Mm -hmm. sure so that one will be tough. That's one of the going to be the, one of the hardest ones for sure. Yeah,
1: that one's definitely not been difficult for me to finish. <laughs> <laughs> Invincible is a sandbag carry and then you carry that sandbag into a hoist, which is going to be a sandbag hoist. Oh. And then right, you put the sandbag into a sled, dra- into a sled and and drag it to a certain point.
2: <laughs> we saw Invincible at baton rouge last year right and it was really cool because you know most races a hoist you run up to it you hoist you it hoist up and it. you run off mm-hmm. but this one the sandbags are sitting in a little area and you have to drag them to where the you're going to hoist it right and, and there's a little bar and you gotta climb over and do all that so you really got to put in more work yeah Lift, you know do the hoist Then take the sandbags off and put (laughs) them back where you got them from.
1: And now this one, he's taking it a step further. (laughs) You're going to do a sandbag carry and then you're going to carry that sandbag and then hook it up to the to the rig and then hoist it up, bring it back down and then put it in a sled and then drag it all around (laughs) with you and maybe even make you throw it over some walls. So,
2: (laughs) yeah, it sounds like, yeah, just a normal sandbag carry. Yeah. But then you've got to do all this other stuff with it along the way.
1: Yeah. Which is really cool because it's fun doing all that stuff with your sandbag. Like we do some of that stuff whenever we're training with our sandbag, so it's really fun.
2: And this is the kind of stuff that we're talking about that makes this race so unique that yeah. it really changes up the way that you typically think about obstacles in other races.
1: Yeah. You you never think you never think to put all I mean, that's like four obstacles put together. into one.
2: Yeah. <laughs> There's a, a caving ladder, God knows what he's gonna do with that. <gasps> <laughs> the festival bridge, which will be Probably some sort of cargo or something to go over and everybody's walking underneath it to Mm -hmm. get in, which is cool. Unshakable rig.
1: Another rig.
2: From what Sid said, all rings, but twice as long as any other ring rig you've ever done. And it makes me, the first thing I thought about was, I, I forget exactly what the name of the race is. Like the one, one of the ones in Europe.
1: Oh, is it the rat Rat race? race? Yes.
2: Rat race? Yeah. (laughs) Where they've got the super long monkey bars and they just, you know, it's just there to see how far you can go.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, and that, that also made me think of his, the monkey bars from the Mandeville race. I think it was, I think it was from 2016, whenever the one, one of the ones that you missed, (laughs) it was, (laughs) um, it was monkey bars, but it was so long. Like there was a section where. Well, first of all, you had to climb a rope to get onto the first bar, of course, until onto the first rung, which FYI is just how it's pretty typical of how you get on Sid's rigs is you climb <laughs> a rope to get on, to where you're going. Yeah, we got on the monkey bars and then it was monkey bars up. And then there was like a sharp up and then down of monkey bars, almost, almost kind of like a stairway to heaven kind of feel.
2: Like Sawtooth?
1: Yes, kind of like Sawtooth, but then like there was more monkey bars after that. So it was like Mm -hmm. there was a lot of people like crawling up onto the monkey bars just to like sit on top of the monkey bars on that rig just to like (laughs) give their hands a break. (laughs) And then like getting back on the monkey bars just to finish finish the rig. It was so long. (laughs) I forgot about that.
2: So, yeah, a long ring ray will be... That's, that sounds like fun, to be honest. Like, you know, you go to Obstacle Warriors and just practice swinging back and forth on the, those rings. That's a good time.
1: Yeah, it's fun.
2: All right, so we've got Preserver is uh, a little bit Olympus, a little bit Pipe Traverse. Kind of sounds like a little bit like the uh, what Terrain Race had this year in, in Fort Worth. Yeah. So you traverse a little bit on the wall, on a slanted wall, and then do like some... Some form of a traverse to get to the next one.
1: Mm Kind of like Olympus, but with a traverse pipe in between the sections. Each Olympus. Yeah. (laughs) Right.
2: There's a low rig. Yeah. Which we have no idea what that's going to consist of. Thrive is.
1: Thrive and Triumph is coming back.
2: Rope swing to cargo net to rope climb to uh, dunk walls to, you know, who knows what that might (laughs) consist of. A little bit of everything.
1: And Triumph.
2: Triumph is Dragon's Back. Yeah. Triumph is going to be like Dragon's Back. Who knows what those gaps will be like? They might be huge. But then there's apparently going to be a rope swing over water, is what I feel like I've been told to get to the end of that thing.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure where the body of water is on the map. But somewhere in there, there's going to be a rope swing.
2: That is in the uh, festival area. So. Who knows if there will be water right there. I don't know. This race, wait for the map to come out, check it out, and be as interested as we are because, I mean, it looks really, really cool. (laughs) And we're going to be, like, cruising some trails through the woods, and then you get back to the festival area, and everybody's going to be pumping you up, and you're going to be doing all this crazy stuff.
1: (laughs) This definitely looks like an awesome race. And where required because we got the map so early the payment was that me and Jason have to do eight laps
2: (laughs) we have to do eight laps it better not let's see if it's three and a half miles 28 miles okay we can do 28 miles you did 25 at at Tough Mudder
1: true now granted
2: they didn't have 32 obstacles with a thousand pieces per obstacle
1: and five different rigs
2: (laughs) and in the middle of the day in the middle of the summer (laughs) but that's our goal eight laps so hopefully there are two mile laps
1: (laughs) eight laps that's (laughs) a magic number eight laps (laughs) all right so
2: hunter benny uh what's the guy's name mac mac come face off with him tell him you know show him that you're the boss and uh everybody else come out and we've definitely got some people from lone star spartans coming out from texas I think it's going to be, you know, one of the better times you're going to have all year. It's one of the cheaper races, but one of the smaller, more community-based races. So it's going to be a blast.
1: It's going to be a blast. You're going to have a good time. There's going to be a really awesome kids race, too. Like, we we always talk about the main race, but there's really going to be an awesome kids race because Jim Fit from Baton Rouge, they do a lot of the acrobatics and Cirque du Soleil kind of stunts and everything, but they're going to be doing some stuff with the kids too. So it's going to be a really good time for them.
0: Yeah,
2: that's going to be awesome. I think there's going to be uh, like a whole little, I don't know, play slash obstacle area. Yeah, realm, area, as well as the kids, kids race. race.
1: Yeah, so it's going to be yeah. very family oriented. It's going to be a good time for everybody.
2: But before we go, I I wanted to kind of issue a challenge out to all the other podcasters out there. I I was I, I couldn't help but look at the numbers because. So Mike Stefano, you know, he seems like a cool guy. He he's, uh, he's, I think, been more focused on running in his fitness career and has gotten into OCR over the past few years. And he's been nursing a knee injury recently, but he just did toughest in, in the Boston area. And he got 15 miles. And I just listened to his, his episode today about that. And he said that he, you know, he wanted to go for 20, but... By the end, I think his his knee was giving him issues, so he chose not to do so and regretted it slash still had a good time. So, you know, that kind of toss up of how hard do you push to really enjoy yourself. Right. But when I looked at that, I was like, I wonder how good, how far will he make it? Now, when we did Toughest in in Toughest South, which Will Hicks said was definitely one of the more tougher toughest between it and Australia, possibly possibly the toughest jay and heather Bodie were there heather got the same amount of miles as you did mm-hmm. jay stuck with her so i think so he only got 25 miles i got 30 will got 15 matt b davis hasn't done any toughest who else
1: alex and mo have they done a
2: toughest oh not alex miles mo- miles.
1: miles i was thinking of mo's wife <laughs>
2: Oh, right. <laughs> Mo Mo pitted at Toughest South, so I don't think he's done a toughest. Now, I know hands down, like shorter race, he's gonna beat me any day of the oh, week. Oh yeah. I don't know what his <laughs> endurance game is like, but I know he's gonna he's definitely faster than me. Miles is faster than me, but he Miles is one of those people that I look to and say, if I can beat Miles one day, that like that's my goal that I'm
0: I may never <laughs> okay. hit it.
2: But I'm always chasing that goal.
0: Right. <laughs> I'm always
2: chasing to try and beat Miles. Uh, Kevin Harkins, because he's a faster runner than me. And Juan, I forget Juan's last name. Juan's a cool guy that I, I me and Kevin raced with at the OCR World Championships. So there's three guys that I kind of look to. It's like, they're just out of my reach. <laughs> so what was I trying to get challenge. to with that? Oh, challenge. Oh, obviously, Evan prepares to whip our butts.
0: Right. But...
2: <laughs> <laughs> So no no I I I just wanted to issue a challenge even though I know there are some that will beat us like Evan Paris and I think Jay if he puts himself out there at an endurance race. I don't claim to be the fastest at the smaller shorter races but I know I can stick through a longer race. And like I said Evan's faster than us for sure but <laughs> some of these other people I want to I want to see how how well we stack up against them. Yes I I, the other podcast. We them. might even we might even make a OCR Podcast Endurance Championships. And <laughs> there you go. Put together a, a point total for endurance races.
1: Battle of the OCR Podcast.
2: <laughs> yeah. And then we can give out a uh, an award, a trophy that we make up ourselves. Yeah, there you go. And give out to the people who we so deem necessary to, to win them. Like, I like it. Somebody else has done. Yeah. <laughs> <I, laughs> <laughs> i hope will listens to this <laughs> so yeah bring it on we're gonna be at battle running war zone as eight many laps. laps as we can within the time frame from 6 a.m to 2 p.m is when you can start your last lap so mm-hmm. we're gonna be trying to get eight laps if that is at all possible in that heat so bring it on all you other naysayers no um hope. oh oh i wanted to look up the other guy there's a. Uh, Scott Knowles, I think.
1: Oh yeah, from uh, I am I am Spartan.
2: So just a quick shout out to Scott Knowles, who runs I am a Spartan OCR podcast. He <laughs> he definitely doesn't have the most polish in his in his podcast. Like one time he recorded in his truck driving down the road, <laughs> and and that's cool. But man, watching this guy and some of his races, like he's he's getting a podium at some of the um, Spartan age group races and that's awesome man that guy seems like he's killing it out there and working real hard so yeah want to include him as well because he's killing it so come come race come have a good time anyway i feel like i don't even know what i'm saying anymore <laughs> just, just talking at this point you got anything else you want to say
1: uh no i don't think so <laughs> i don't i don't think so i think you've said it all no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> no but the map and everything will possibly be out with enough time to look it over and maybe even talk some of your crazy friends into doing it with you so there's still going to be plenty of time to sign up before this race heck yeah man you're not going to want to miss it
2: all right anna this was fun and i feel like we squeezed in more than we thought we were going to today
1: (laughs) all right (laughs) thanks sid we usually do
2: (laughs) (laughs) that's true Uh, pros come race with us check out Battle OCR for this upcoming the only probably the only race happening in July in the entire United States. Exactly. And
1: <laughs> We're going to be running through some woods. It'll be okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, it it'll be shaded like seriously most of the course is through the woods. <laughs> it's not going to all be out out in the, the, out in the sun. Of the oh, I've got I've got tattoos finally.
1: Nice. They're going to be
2: on me at every single race. Sweet. I'll give you some next time I see you. I've got uh I've got my flag. And I'm I've got a pole system that I'm gonna buy for the next big race. Like definitely World Stuff is Motor, it'll be out there for sure.
1: Are you gonna post the flag at in the war zone area? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yes. I need to order that pole. <laughs> I'm sure we could find a pole to stick it on somewhere in the time being if it doesn't come in, in time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no shirts yet, but those are gonna be here before the year's over for sure. Nice. I don't know if I'm gonna put this in. But I, I did want to tell you, I, I started a Patreon page and I'm still trying to figure out what I think would be good uh, rewards for different levels of patronage. Mm-hmm. Shoot, maybe I will put this in. I'm thinking like you you give a dollar, you want to give a dollar, who cares? Give a dollar. That's cool. If you want to give like $3, that's cool. You get like a sticker or something. I was thinking of something higher. Like if you do like $10 or something, mm-hmm. I would customize. You know how our logo has me. In the logo hanging from the rings. <laughs> if I can get a picture from those people that give that amount of money, that I could customize the logo in a way that they could, they would be in the logo.
1: That'd be cool.
2: If you're interested in that, hit us up, uh, ocrtalk at gmail.com, Facebook, Instagram, all those places. My thought is if we can actually get patrons, we can take this thing off of Anchor and put it onto a paid podcasting service so you don't have to listen to that thing at the end where they're like, you just listen to this thing on anchor or whatever you say.
1: <laughs> Nobody listens to that anyway. No.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, they're probably not listening at this point either. Yeah.
1: So, so thanks for sticking around. If you're still listening,
2: <laughs> some people do listen and they're awesome. And,
1: <laughs> and we love you for it.
2: <laughs> yeah. Come give me hugs when you see me on the course. That's it. That's all I got. You got anything else? That's all I got. Sweet. Don't <laughs> forget to follow and listen and talk. OCR talk.
1: Come say hi to us at the race or a race any races
2: <laughs> battle race because you're gonna be battle there.
1: race for sure <laughs> so that means y'all better be there all right anna all right good
2: chatting all right take it easy
1: I did it, Like did
2: Declan, you want to say hello? No.
0: Bye.